So this is part five of a lifestyle of righteousness. And how many of you know that God cares how we live? God cares how we live. And I love this series. There's so many scriptures we're just looking, whether we're looking at Romans or Philippians or Colossians or Ephesians, we are seeing that over and over again, Paul, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament is saying, listen, we have been redeemed to live right. We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness to live in the kingdom of his dear son. God wants us to live like something. And I love that I've seen it this week, babe, that people have been putting in their comments. People have been posting on their page like God wants you to live like something. Mm -hmm. Right. And here's the great thing. God gave us both a new birth and the Holy Spirit so we could live like something. Absolutely. Right. We don't have to do it by self-will. But we do have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And we hope that what is happening in this series over the last four weeks and today is that you are making a decision more and more and more to live a life surrendered to God, to live a life that honors God, to live a life that gives Jesus glory for the sacrifice that he made. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And so, as you know, last week we really talked about being dead to sin. Those of you who joined us or those of you who went back and watched that broadcast, we talked about being dead to sin. And what does it mean to be dead to sin? It goes back to our original teaching where we were talking about being complete in Christ. If we are indeed complete in Christ, then that means that we were both buried with Christ and they were, but we were both resurrected with Christ. And if we were buried with him, then that means we died to sin in the same way that he did. And that when we were resurrected, we were resurrected to new life just like he was resurrected to new life. Absolutely. Paul talks constantly about how can we that are dead in sin still live according to sin? Or how can we be in bondage to sin? Or how can we uh, allow the grace that God has given us to allow us uh, to be people who are constantly um, bombarded and led by sin. That's good. And so we talked about that last week, and we kind of finished with Romans uh, chapter 6. And really, it's really the one of the only two scriptures we'll kind of hang our hat on today as we finish this teaching up. Uh, and again, you never... It, finish a teaching like this. You're Just always kind of on, reminding right? yourself about what it means to live righteous. What does it mean to live according to this newness that you have? You know, we talk about the new birth experience. Well, this new birth experience is what Paul was talking about. You know, when he said to the Galatians, I'm astonished how quickly <laughs> you have moved away from uh, the grace of our mm. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What was he talking about? Was he talking about the grace to just live like you want to? No, he was talking about the grace to live like you're supposed to. Yes. And so today we're going to look at Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 14. We're just going to take our time and just let the Bible talk to us. We're going to walk through it so that you understand uh, why we keep impressing up on the body of Christ that we interact with. That yes, God loves you. Yes, you're born again. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're on your way to heaven, but that there are some requirements of us as believers to be ambassadors and representatives of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that does not include living like the world. It does not. And, and we're not talking about things like, well, we're supposed to wear long dresses. We're not supposed to wear makeup. Men aren't supposed to shave their beard and all of these outward things. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the inward living. 
the inward part of us that has been created new and how we get this thing that's on the inside of us to manifest and show up on the outside of us. And it's not difficult. Paul talks about it. And so we're going to share that this morning. So in Romans chapter one, Romans chapter six, let's start at verse one and let me help you understand what we're doing here, because this is the apostle Paul and he is writing to the church in Rome. And what he says to them is what we're saying to the world right now. God has given us grace and that grace comes through his uh, son who came into the world. The Bible says that he was uh, the word made flesh. uh, He was he was he was the the word of God made into flesh Mm -hmm. and that he lived a life like a man. Uh, He didn't sin as a to show us a model of how we could live. And then he bore all of our sins. Thank God. And then he went to hell and deposited those sins there, snatched the keys from hell, brought them back, and then said, now the same power I had, I give unto you. He says, now I'm going to go and sit at the right hand of the Father. Y'all take care of all of this. Take care of this. (laughs) And so Paul is talking to the Roman church about this grace because they had received Paul's original message. But as Jude said, there were some there were some scoundrels among them who came in trying to teach them that, hey, if God loves you, if you really are saved, then you can you can. It doesn't matter what you do. No matter how you God live. loves you. God loves it doesn't you. matter at all. Just live like you want to And live. so Paul says, what no. shall we say then? He said, what shall we say? He spends the first five chapters of this letter writing to them. And he gets to the point in chapter six. He says, so what shall we say then? He says, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Do we have to keep sinning in order for grace to stay there? He says, not at all. He says, God God forbid. forbid. He says, in fact, how shall we that are what? Dead Dead to sin. Live any longer in sin. In sin. He said, a dead man doesn't keep breathing. A dead man doesn't keep walking. A dead man doesn't keep conducting business. When a man is dead to something, everything he used to be involved in is gone. Yeah. He said, so you're dead to sin. You you got to see yourself that way. You're dead to sin. I think it's so important. We really want this to sink in for you because we want you to not just, again, we don't want you to try to willpower your way out of sin. Right. We want you to identify as being dead to sin. I don't care how long I fornicated. That's the old me. I don't care how long I cussed people out. That's the old me. I don't care how long I stole. That's the old me. I need you to put in the comments. We got a hundred of you everywhere. I need you to say, we are dead to sin. That's the old me. What are we trying to do? We're trying to use Romans 12 and 2 to get you to transform how you see yourself. See, because as long as you see yourself as a fornicator, as long as you see yourself as a liar, that's how you're going to show Mm -hmm. up. You have to see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am dead to that. Now, listen, the enemy, he's going to try to come and be like, no, Sean, you've been doing that so long. You got to open your mouth and say, no, I'm dead to that. I am dead to that. The same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead has raised me up out of sin. Absolutely. Now, in verse three, it tells us because we're just walking through Romans. Romans six. So you need to get your paper Bible. You need to highlight this because this needs to be one of your go to scriptures. It says, know ye not 
that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Newness of life. The newness of life. Now, I think this is so important because we've talked about this many times before that many people came to Jesus to get a fire insurance policy. Mm -hmm. They came to Jesus to avoid hell. He doesn't say here, you were buried and raised so you don't go to hell. Right. He says, no, that you should walk in the newness of life. And then verse six, it says, no, oh, I'm sorry. Verse five, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that body of sin. Man, that is so good. You literally could just meditate on this scripture every day for 365 days and your life would elevate because it would change how you see yourself. My old man is crucified with him that the body of sin. Yeah, and, and, and actually that's a, that's, a, that's a type. It says that we don't serve, that we don't serve uh, sin in, in our body. That was, a, that was a typo on my part. But that, in essence, what he's saying there is exactly right. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. What does that mean? It means that in his death, he bore all of our sins. When we died, we died as sinners. But when he was resurrected, he was resurrected as the king of kings. Yeah. He was resurrected with all power in his hands. He said, likewise, that's how you should be in your newness of life. He says, and in your newness of life, know this, that our old man is crucified with him. It says that uh, our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we no longer serve sin, that we no longer serve sin. What does it mean to serve sin? It means that whatever sin calls you answer, Mm. That's what it means to mm. serve sin. I looked that up and it says that literally what it means to serve sin. It doesn't mean that you miss the mark every now. It says that when sin calls, when you have an urge to sin, you answer. You just answer. So you have to ask yourself, how often do I find myself having an urge to do wrong and just and just give into it? He said that's when you become serving of a, of a sin. Now, I was thinking when you said that, I was thinking about like. Are you a waiter to sin? Mm. You know, if you've ever been at a restaurant, right? Uh, the job of the server is to come to your and, mm -hmm. and supply your needs. Are you a waiter to sin? Are you a servant mm -hmm. to sin? That literally you're sitting around almost anticipating sin to call you. And when it calls you, you jump and yep. respond. Can I get you something else? Can I bring some more water? Can I get you some ketchup? Are you a servant to sin? You should not be. Why? Because you have been crucified mm -hmm. with Christ and raised to the newness of life. Mm -hmm. We don't answer to sin. Yeah. And here's, we don't answer and, to and, sin. And here's the thing that you have to, and anybody who's ever been involved in anything that you know you don't want to be involved in, sin is insatiable. It does not allow you to, it's, sin is like a Lay's potato chip. You can't eat just one. Sin is insatiable. If you do one thing, sin is going to ask you to do another. And, and sin gets progressively more grotesque. What do I mean by that? Sin may ask you to lie at first. Then it's going to ask you to steal. 
Vince going to ask you to rob. Vince going to ask you to murder. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it just progressively gets worse. And if you get into it, it'll always take you further than you intended to go. Always. Sin will always take you further than you intended to go. And if we are honest and we tell the truth, I love what Pastor Chris just said. She says, sin is a whole setup. Yeah. If we're honest and we tell the truth, we have all been in situations always. where we said, I'm only going to do this one, one time. time. Or we or said, this last time. This last time. Or I can quit when I want to yep. quit. Only to find ourselves running back to the thing. So how do we stop that? Not willpower. Nope. We stop that by relying on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and remembering that we died with him and yes. we got up with him. And listen, let me tell you something, because a lot of times relationships really do matter. Yeah, It matters who you're in relationship with. See, because when you, I love what Amy said. She said, it's a slow fade. Just yep. before you know it, it you, just, you have it just is. gone so yep. far. And so I don't care how far you are today. What I want you to do today is draw a line mm. and say, I'm a born again believer. I'm not just coming back home in terms of coming back to church. I am coming out of sin because that is not my real identity. Yep. And it does matter who you spend time with because the, pe see, the people that you spend time with, nobody is a neutral. Right. You need to understand that, guys. Nobody is a neutral. People are either pulling you to God or people are pulling you away from God. And even people who identify as believers can be pulling you away from God. Yep. And I'll give you an example. Let's say some of you may, I went through a season like this in my life where the Lord told me not to listen to secular music for a period of time. And some people would say, well, I don't think it take all of that. So literally what you're telling me to do is to disobey God right. because you don't think it takes all that. And I think we have to be very, very careful about people who would say to us, that it doesn't take all of that to honor God. Yeah, because when someone says to me, hey, you know, the Lord called me on a 24-hour fast. I don't say, well, it don't take all that. I say, well, you should obey God. That may not, It may not be that he called me on that 24-hour fast at the time he called somebody else, but I don't discredit that he called them on the fast and that they should obey God. Amen. Amen. And you may even <laughs> sit beside them. <laughs> and eat candy while they're on a 24-hour fast and just tell them to keep, obeying, keep God. obeying God. But what you don't do is offer that person the candy. You <laughs> just right. eat it in front That's of right. them. Amen. Right. Okay. But listen, no, real talk. We really need to think about who we're in relationship with. And I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, because to me, it is not just enough to teach this. One of the things you have taught me over the years is that people must have a practical way to apply this. They do. Do you have relationships right now that God is saying that person is too close to you? Mm. That person has too much influence to you. That person talks you out of what I am saying to you. And let me tell you something. It may be hard sometimes, but I can just remember when we wanted to change our marriage. There were relationships. There were people we didn't hang with anymore. Yeah. There were We were like, we want to be married. We want a godly marriage. We cannot hang with you. Why? Because you don't know nothing about a godly marriage. You don't care nothing about a godly marriage. And if I listen to you, I am not going to have a godly marriage. So ask the Holy Spirit right now, are there relationships? It may not just be, guys, it may not be a person. It could be a television show. It could be music. Ask the Holy Spirit, are there doors you need to close right now? 
people that you are giving access to you that are pulling you away from him. And let me tell you something. Everybody who tries to pull us away from God is not standing there with a demon horns. That's like right. when we used That's to watch right. cartoons and they used to show the devil with red and red and red horns and all of that stuff. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Are there relationships? Are there shows? Are there people? Is there music that I need mm -hmm. to get rid of? Mm -hmm. And if you hear something, you don't necessarily have to tell us what, but I want you to put in the comments, God has spoken to me. And then I need you to do whatever God told you to do. That's like, you know, Colossians tells us, and we've been reading Colossians a lot. So a lot. I know people know it, but in Colossians 3, I think it is verse 2, he says, he says, relocate yourself mentally. Relocate yourself mentally. Relocate yourself. So what you're seeing to people right now is, hey, you need to relocate yourselves. Yes. Ask yourselves, God, is, is there doors that are open that I am even unaware of that I need to be closed or the relationships that that I that I put so much value into that they keep talking me out of doing what it is you oh told me to God. do. And relocate your, he says, and then after you do that, he says, now focus on throne room realities. What are throne room realities? Those things that God is saying to you specifically. There are some universal throne room realities in the same way that I've said before that the Holy Spirit speaks to us universally, but he also speaks to us individually. Well, there are some throne room realities. Say, say it again. The, God, the Holy Spirit speaks to us universally, but he also speaks to us individually. And that there are throne room realities that all of us need to adhere to and understand. But there are some throne room realities. He's saying, Edwin, this is for you. Mm -hmm. Sean, this is for you. Absolutely. Chris, this is for you. Cedric, this is for you. You know, and, and 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 there are some things that he's saying. These are your throne room realities. These are your throne room realities. And I need you to locate yourself mentally so that you can attend to these. You know, I think that's so good. I decided a long time ago. Um, when I look around and I see how the world is living, I don't want to live like the world because I don't want their results. Yeah. I don't want to live like, see, that was an aha for somebody. I don't want to live like the world because I don't want their results. Right. I want the life that God has for me. Courtney says God has spoken to her. I love that when people, oh, God, you got to see, here's the thing. Part of accountability in a family yeah. is the willingness to say, God has spoken to me and I am making a change. Yes. And a lot of times the reason that people don't want to be in a church family, the reason they want to do this long range of Christianity is that there is you, you living like Tupac. Only God can judge me. No, the Bible tells us to hold each other accountable. The Bible tells us to pull each other out of sin. And it also tells us that we can recognize a, a tree by its fruit. Yes. So it's, so so this idea that you aren't to be judged, it's just not true. We judge everything. We judge everything. We, 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 we judge whether we can cross the intersection by whether the light is green or red. So everything is judged. We know it's apple tree because why? It, it has, has apples, apples on it. Because if you went outside and the apple tree had lemons on it, you wouldn't keep calling the apple tree. Or if tree, it had no you? fruit at all and you, and, and you weren't some kind of arborist or knew something about trees, you, you wouldn't have any idea what kind of tree it was. But you could tell if it was an apple on it, if you knew what an apple was, you say, oh, that's an apple tree. So somebody ought to be saying, oh, those are Christians. They are Christ-like in they their actions like They are believers. We should never want anybody to look at us and wonder who we belong to. Exactly. Amen. Amen. All right. Verse so, 7. Verse 7. Verse 7 says, for he that is dead is free from sin. Somebody give God some praise for that. If you, he, you, You're free from sin if you've been crucified with Christ. 
He says, verse eight, now if we be dead with Christ, then we believe that we shall also live, live with, with him. Yeah. <laughs> it says in verse nine, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, he don't, he dieth no more for death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin. What? Once. Once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But, that means it cancels out that dead part. He says, but what? Alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you are alive to God? I'm alive to God. I'm alive to God. You ought to type that in the comment section. Say, I am alive <laughs> to God. So if I'm alive to God, then I'm dead to sin. Mm -hmm. I am alive. I want to put that in the comments mm -hmm. too. I'm alive to God. I am alive. I'm alive to God. To God. Mm -hmm. I am alive to <coughs> God. What does it mean to be alive to God? In the same way that we define it to be a servant of sin is to answer the call. When sin yeah, calls that's you, good. Come then on. to be alive to God is to answer the call when, when you hear Holy Spirit calling you. Come on. So what does it mean? So, so I'm dead to sin. That means when sin calls, I don't hear it. I, I, I'm dead to it. I, I can't hear sin calling me. But I'm alive to God. So when I hear Holy Spirit speak, my, 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 the, the thing on the inside of me, it, it jumps. You know, the Bible talks about how it quickens your mortal body. Well, well my mortal body is quickened when i hear holy spirit speak to me so if he say get up and pray literally my physical body gets up at that moment and goes to pray if he tells me to be quiet my physical body shuts its mouth and don't say what my flesh wants to say why because i'm dead to sin but i'm alive to god right and i hear the call of god yes and i tell you what i believe is i believe you can so train yourself to hear the call of god that you don't even pay attention to the call of sin you literally you have no interest you know and this is why in verse 12 it says let not sin mm -hmm. therefore reign, reign in your mortal body let it not be king don't let sin be king that's what it means or i've been teaching about in freedom friday lord yes let don't let sin be lord of your mortal body so, that you so when holy spirit says don't say that don't let anger become your king and you say what your flesh wants to say anyway he says, don't let that. You know, I think Pastor Ralph may have touched on this. I think it was this past Wednesday or the Wednesday before. I can't remember. But it was, it was a scripture over in Jeremiah. And, and I love the scripture in Jeremiah because it talks about how that literally when you put your attention on God, when God becomes your strength, you don't even see when bad stuff comes. It's, 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 it's an equivalence of being dead to sin. When, when I'm focused on God, I don't I don't even hear sin calling me. I don't hear what sin is saying. I'm dead to sin. I'm deaf to sin. I'm blind to sin. I'm mute to sin. I can't respond to it. All I'm doing is living alive to Christ. And I love that. He says, let not sin therefore be king in your mortal bodies. That you should do what? Obey it. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. What? That when it calls, you answer. You laying in your bed and it's it's it's, it's one o'clock in the morning and sin says, "Hey, go ahead and send that text message. See if you can come over." No, <laughs> no, don't give in to that. You know, somebody pulls out in front of you and and and, and, and sin says, "Flip them the bird." No, no, I, I I don't give in to that. And here's what happens: the more we give in to sin, the easier it becomes to give in to sin. Mm. Mm. The more we do it, the easier it becomes. Well, the reverse of that is true. 
the more I find myself being alive to God, the easier it becomes. The easier it is. So I have to train my mortal body yes. for righteousness. Yes. Put that in the comments. I must train my mortal body for righteousness. Yes. I've got to train myself to obey God. Yes. You know, I was looking at the word Lord and I was saying that a lot of people have issue with the word Lord, especially um, African-Americans in the context of because we know slavery, we know in that thing. But Lord simply means who owns you. Mm -hmm. Now, this scripture right here just told us, don't let sin reign over our mortal body. So who owns us? Lord, uh, he to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has the power of deciding. So here becomes the question. You say that you have accepted Jesus as your, as your savior. Let me ask you a question. So who should have ownership over you, Jesus or sin? And let's be clear, because I heard people say, well, ain't nobody going to have ownership over me. Yes, yes, it will. You are either Come going on. to serve God or serve sin. Or serve sin. There and is no neutrality. You will it you will do one of them. And you and if you try if you think you're in the middle, you serve in sin. And, and another word for sin is the devil. Mm. If you think you're in the middle, I don't care if you come to church, I don't care if you sing in the praise team, yep. walk in in a robe on Sunday morning. I am telling you that if you if something in you felt some kind of way about saying Jesus is the boss of me, Jesus is my master, Jesus tells me what to do, I am willing to bet that you serve Satan. And you need to say it like this, Jesus owns me. Jesus owns me. <laughs> he oh, owns that's going to make somebody oh, flesh crawl it, today. It may be some oh, demons rise yeah, yeah, up and yeah, say, don't yeah, you yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Don't you, if you heard, don't say that you ought to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what Ever said. <laughs> he this, said this, this ain't, ain't Switzerland. Switzerland. That's right. This ain't Switzerland. This is, there not, is, this is no, no, no neutrality. There is no neutrality. In fact, Revelations tells us what it, what God thinks about neutrality. He said, I would be that you be hot or, or that cold. you be cold. He said, but because you have chosen neither and you are lukewarm, he says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He says, I cannot stand lukewarmness. He said, pick a side. Either be for me or against me, but quit being on the fence. Because if you're against me, I can win you back. Yes. And if you're for me, I can use you to win yes. somebody back. But if you're neutral, what the heck am I supposed to do with you? Yes. Nobody likes lukewarm anything, and God doesn't want lukewarm believers. And see, what I ought to see is 77 people yeah. saying Jesus owns six. all of me <laughs> instead of six. <laughs> no, see, because we coming for it, right? right? Listen, I was laughing. There was a TikTok video the other day, and this and Ain't nothing like a black mama with that clap. We coming <laughs> for it. Listen here. Jesus owns yes, he does. me. Yes, he you does. gotta stop yes, letting does. sin reign in your mortal body. Mm -hmm. Because here's the kicker, guys. The problem with sin is that sin seems like it's so much fun till you can't get out. Someone said, Why would I say that Jesus owns me? He, paid, he, he paid the price. She just put the scripture he up. He paid the price. Pull it back up, Chris. First he, Corinthians. He paid I believe. the price for you. You were bought with yes, a price. Yes. You know, think, I want y'all to stop and think about this. Therefore, honor God. With your body. With your your mortal body. So God should be able to tell you who to sleep with. Because he owns you. And God should be able to tell you who to, what he to eat owns and you. what to listen to he and what to watch. You. But watch this. Because he owns us, he also protects us. Because we protect those things that we own. So yes, God, yes, he paid it. So a couple more people finally put it up there. Y'all get that devil off your back. Jesus owns me. <laughs> no, we coming for it. Get that devil off your back and finally type it you in. You gotta stop Jesus sitting up in church me. with a rebellious right. spirit on your back. 
literally don't say, nobody own me. I want God to bless problem. me. No, no. You you don't want you don't want God to tell you who you can sleep with, right. but you want God to pay your car note. Come on now. You don't want God to tell you that you got a tithe, but you want God to give you jobs and better jobs, gifts and surprises. Come on. Make it Stop make sense. Letting sin, make it make sense. Stop letting sin rule in your mortal body. Yes. That is not who you are. And, and, this, and this ain't this ain't religion. This is Bible. This, this is, is what Bible. Paul was trying to get the Roman church to understand is that you have grace, but this grace entitles you to be free from sin, not to keep on sinning. Not to keep on sinning. Look at verse 13, because this is my responsibility. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Yield. That Do not yield. yield. Now, we... we from, Come on. Well... You not delivered yet, but the rest of us Arkansas fans, we know we believe in God for his life this season. But the rest of us Arkansas fans know that we say something called never yield. It is talking about never yielding, yielding to a defendant, no matter who we are playing, even when we playing them old people. We never, ever yield. Right. Now, he is saying yielding, that is the position of surrender, yes. and we only surrender right. to God. Don't surrender. We do not your surrender to sin. As instruments. So when I flip somebody off, you using your hand I as yielded my member of as an When I overeat, yeah. I'm using my mouth as an instrument to sin. Yes. When I'm sexting somebody I ain't married to, mm. I am using my fingers as members of sin. Yes. Stop yielding your body as instruments of unrighteousness. He said, if you're going to yield to something, yield yourselves to God. God. Yield yourselves to God. <laughs> yes. Yield yourselves to God. Oh, okay. So when I say that I'm a partner of Fellowship of Champions, mm -hmm. but I won't get on Wednesday night service, yep. I'm yielding to disobedience. Yep. I'm yep. Well, they can't tell me what to do. Oh, okay. We can't tell you what to do. But you want us to pray for you when you're about to get that promotion. Mm -hmm. Come on, guys. Make it make sense. We got to grow up in the things of God. Why do we need to grow up? Number one, God deserves more of yep. us. And number two, there are people who are on their way to hell and we need to live in a way that we can rescue them. And I can't rescue you from drowning when I'm drowning myself. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the, uh, the I forget his name, the, the pastor in Cleveland. Uh, he was at GGG with you when you and uh, oh, I, can't I can't think of his name. But anyway, he preached a message one time. It was so funny. Uh, and it was and he basically said, you got to say it. F, you gotta say F you to sin. Forget you. <laughs> you gotta say forget you. You gotta forget sin. Now his message, his message got a lot of a lot of uh it went viral because he used the word, but he's right. We gotta forget about sin. We gotta live a life of consciousness, a life that is directed toward living for God. And somebody go ahead and because if we're gonna walk this out, that means that when people, other believers, see you operating in sin, when non-believers see you operating in sin, somebody ought to be able to say yes. something to you yes. without you getting in your feelings. If y'all, if I get on Facebook today and get to cussing, my inbox ought to be blown up with people saying that Pastor, what is you doing that, right it there? Should be. It, it should, should be. It should be. And let me tell you something: when you get to the point that you can post anything and do anything and ain't nobody saying nothing to you, 
people have basically decided that you have no interest in living for the yeah, Lord. Yeah. That's why they're not saying anything yeah. to you anymore. Yeah. And you never want to get to the point that people aren't saying anything to you. He says, listen here, do not yield your members as instrument of unrighteousness. Quit talking about folks. Mm. Quit gossiping. Quit telling stories that it ain't your story to tell. Quit keeping up mess at work. You ain't always got to be going into the break room talking about, girl, did you see what happened over there? Hush your mouth. Yes. Yield your <laughs> mouth as right as, as to righteousness with God. Yes. Because in Matthew, I believe it says, because bitter and sweet should not come out it the same fountain. Same, same fountain. And bitter and sweet <clears throat> should not come out of the same fountain. Sometimes we don't know. Why is it that people on our jobs, why is it people on our social media won't click on the broadcast when we ask? Because bitter and sweet come out your, your throat. Mm -hmm. uh, what in the morning is blessed and highly favored. In the evening, it's F you and not forget seeing. It's the other <laughs> F you. Right. It's all kind of stuff. And we should not live that way. Come on, somebody say, help me, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. It is not okay for us to listen. I was talking to Bishop Vaughn one time and she was saying that when she would ask her mama to do something that her mama wasn't going to let them do, she said, go on and get that off your mind. Go on and get then that she off wouldn't say no. She said, go on and get that off your mind. In other words, quit thinking about it because they hadn't. So there is some stuff you need to go on and get off <laughs> your mind. Get off your mind. It, it, it's some booze. You need to go on and get off your mind because mm. the Lord done said no. It's some cities. You need to go on and get off your mind. It's some things that God done told you to quit eating. You need to tell your neighbor, say, go on and get that off your mind. Go on and get go on. That off your mind. Gone. Something stop, real stop phonetic. Yielding people. your bodies as instruments of unrighteousness. Go on and get that off your mind. My God. Go on and get, you can stop thinking about that because you're not about to do that. That's what you got. That's how you discipline your flesh. Yes. Yeah. And 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 that is the reason if you get it off your mind. In verse 14, Paul says, For sin shall not, not have, have dominion, dominion over, over you. you. How does sin not have dominion over you? Because you didn't get that off your mind. Get that off your mind. Get that sin off your mind. Quit meditating on it. Quit thinking about it. You you don't you quit being a dog returning to his vomit. God delivered you once from it. It's like the children of Israel. They got delivered out of Egypt. They got into the prom. They, it was on their way to the promised land. And what they say, we, we should have just died over in Egypt. Did God bring us out here in this wilderness to just kill us and to make fun of us? Listen, God got you out that bad relationship. And now you single talking about, well, at least I had a relationship. Are you crazy? He was knocking you upside your head. He, she or he was cheating on you, taking your money. And you talking credit? about, at least I had somebody. No, you didn't. And some of you in relationships <laughs> no, you right now and you broke it. And when you got with them, the, the blessing, because God told you mm. not to get with them. I don't care how many people liked your Facebook profile. Go ahead and say it one more time. Get what? Go on and get that off Go your mind. Get that I got to say mind. this, though, because you listen, because you know, Go that, get that, off you know that we are a diverse family <laughs> and we have friends from all over the world. Yeah. But I want to make a great distinction yeah. between our Southerners yeah. and our East Coast people. Okay. People who have Southern roots said gone. Gone. And Kim Dennis, uh -huh. she said, go on. Go on. Oh, I said, listen at the diversity up in here. We are a diverse group of people. However she, you need to say said, it. She said, go on. Go on. However, go on however you need to mind, say it. Go right? on or go on. Go on and get that off your mind. Why? So that you do not allow sin to have dominion over you. That you don't let have sin have dominion over you. And one, the, this, is, this, is a, this is a practical tip. Once God says no, yes, stop 
entertaining anything else. We say it like this. Once you've heard from God, confer, confer no, no longer with flesh and blood. Once you have heard from God, don't you ask your friend. Don't you ask your mama. Don't you ask your daddy. Listen, if you know you've heard from God, don't you ask me. Because at the end of the day, my first question is always going to be what? What did God what say? What did God say? What did because God if God say? told you something and you heard it, then I don't need to be saying nothing else. Now, if, if if you heard God say something and 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 it, and it goes against the Bible, I help you. But but if but if you heard God say to you, "Hey, I need you to fast for the next week," you ain't gotta ask me. Pastor, you think I should fast for the next? What week? did God say? What did God say? Get the fasting. <laughs> go on and get listen, that. Go on and get that that candy off your mind. <laughs> go on and get that candy off your mind. And listen, I think that this is so important that you have to learn how to close the door. Listen, I want you to hear this because I, I really am. I'm in that Edward Strickland vein while I'm really trying to help people with these practical applications today. So if God has told you to stay at this job for a year, why would you entertain leaving before yeah. a year? Yeah. Because it's just going to give you an opportunity to find something to be offended about. Yeah. If God has told you that someone is not the person you are supposed to be with, and there are some clear ways you know they're not the person you're supposed to be with without God speaking to you directly. They got a spouse. Uh, yeah. See, if they got a spouse, if they got a spouse, mm. but they say they're not happy, they mm. got a spouse. Mm. But they say they separated, they got a spouse. Mm. See, there are clear ways you can know that God has said no. They got, see, you know that ain't your man because mm. he already got a woman. Mm. You see, you don't need to go to the altar for that. You don't need to have a counseling session for that. You need to close the door. Go on and get that off your Go mind. Go on and get that off your mind. He said that, he said you say, I really want a new car. Man, I want a new car so bad. He said, now it's not the time to get a new car. You go on and get that off your mind. You just, you know what you do? You go out there and you start taking Betsy and you go get Betsy washed once a yep. week. You clean Betsy up on the inside and you thank God for Betsy. Because mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's not the time right now. We must, put this to everybody. I need all 86 of y'all. Put this in the comments. Close the door. Close the door. Close the door. Close the door. Close because some of you are in, you are tormented internally. Because when God says no, you keep going back to yep. it. Yep. So literally, the Bible says there is no temptation given to man that God has not provided a way of escape. Thanks. Now you think about this. When Joseph is in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife is trying to give him something, because mm -hmm. that's what she's trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't run and keep looking back around the corner. He runs and takes off. Many of you, you make the initial run. Mm -hmm. But then when you get lonely, my goodness. well, maybe Joe ain't that bad. Mm. When you get lonely and things is tough at the job, maybe I should have <laughs> took that job. You got to learn how to close the door. You, you do. got to learn how to shut that mess down. If you don't shut the door, all it does is end, end up tormenting you. Because now, even if you don't do it, you're constantly thinking about it. So you're causing an unnecessary fight in your flesh. If you, it's, it's like, look, it's, it's, an, like, unnecessary it's an unnecessary fight. fight. If I'm going to do it, if I'm going to leave the door open, but I'm not going to do it, it's going to be the temptation to always do it. The only way I get rid of the temptation is to close the door on it. I, I have to become dead to that thing. If I become dead to that thing, then I can't be called to that thing. Here is a good example. Last, yesterday, you were watching videos. And you were watching these videos. You probably don't even know which video I'm about to say, but it's going to fit when I tell it. Okay. And it's the guy 
who takes two friends and says, I want to see if your girl is loyal. Oh, I want to see if you'll get the loyalty yeah, the test, loyalty right? Test. Yeah. So it's this guy, he's with two of his friends, and they say, listen, call your girl, have your friend call your girl to see if she will Netflix and cheat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and let's say that the dude, I don't remember his name, but let's say that the dude's name is B William, but everybody call him Bill okay. or Will, yeah. right? He caught the, the friend of her boyfriend calls her. Yeah. He like, hey, Sasha. She like, hello. He, she like, I, you know, I'm off early and I just was wondering if you wanted to Netflix and chill. She called him by his whole name. She said, William, get off the get phone off with my, this foolishness. And then she hung up and then right. she called her boyfriend right. and said, I don't know what kind of mess y'all doing. But you need to get your friend. But you need to get your friend. You need listen. She was loyal. She was loyal. <laughs> when sin show up, you need to say, "Devil, get out oh. of my face!" And you need to say, "God, you see that right there? You see the kind of game the devil trying to play with me?" Are you gonna Not, be loyal to the Lord? Are you gonna be loyal to the Lord, Lord? <laughs> don't be like, don't let what Chris Browns be true say. What he said be true. Yeah, don't let, this. Be true. <laughs> don't let that be true. Verse fifteen. Okay. Verse fifteen says, "Look, being under grace." Okay, we are under grace. People say, well, pastor, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. That's right, baby. You are not under the law because if you were under the law, you would have to keep every single one of them or you will be guilty of breaking all of them. But Jesus came. He didn't come. People say he came to do away with the law. He actually came to fulfill it. He came to be the fulfillment of the law. The law was given to us to show us that there was wrong in our life. Jesus came to say, okay, I want to show you that while you were wrong, you have now been forgiven. So Paul says, being under grace and not under the law, most certainly, watch this, does not mean what? That, that you, you now have, have a license to, to sin. sin. He says, just because Jesus came and died for you. And has Jesus forgiven your past sins? Yes. yes. Has Jesus forgiven your present sins? Yes. yes. Has Jesus forgiven any future sins? Yes. yes. He said, but that grace was not given to you so that you can live la vida loca. He said it was given to you, <laughs> praise God, so that you would know that you have a license not to sin, but you have a grace to live free from sin. Listen, so in other words, our license to sin has been revoked. That's right. I, oh, I hear this. If you are a born again believer practicing sin, you are living illegally. Mm. You are living illegally. You are driving dirty because you have been, your license to sin has been revoked. So if you are living a lifestyle of sin, you are living illegally yes. because it is not the lifestyle that you are called to. And you have to keep asking yourself, how can a dead man live? How can a dead man live? If I'm dead to sin, how am I living to sin? It's impossible. I have to see myself as dead to sin. And when I see myself as dead to sin, the only other option then is to be alive to God. You know what? I want everybody to make a confession because I think this is one of the confessions many people have never made. I want you to say this. I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. No, I want you to, uh, come on. I want you to say, I don't want to sin. I don't want to disappoint God. I don't want the stuff. God has so much good stuff for me. 
Why do I want what he doesn't want me to have? Yeah, yeah. It's not in my sin is not in my best interest. Sin is not in my best interest, but I don't want to sin. Yes. I don't want to waste my time. I love, I love that. I don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I don't, God has been so good to me, mm-hmm. so merciful to me, so gracious to me. I don't want to disappoint God. I don't. I don't want to be out here doing stuff that God don't want me to do. And, and that's not a hard concept to think about. If you really stop for a moment and you think about the people you love in your life, you think about the people you really care about, you don't look for opportunities to harm them. You don't. You don't, you don't go out searching opportunities to harm them. In fact, when you're given the opportunity to harm them, if you love them, Almost 99.9% of the time, you don't take that opportunity. The, the truth of the matter is, sometimes you disappoint me, sometimes I disappoint you, but anytime it happens, it's never intentional. It's it may never- be it may be something that we do or don't do the right way or whatever, and I may be, be injured by it or you may be injured by it, but we don't, we don't go, what can I do to hurt Edwin in the morning? What can I do to hurt Sean today? That's not how we live. And so if, 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 if I love you the way I love you, and we say we love God more, but I don't want, I don't seek out to hurt you. I shouldn't seek out to hurt God. I should. And, and guys, our sin hurts God. Our sin. Listen, the Bible says we grieve, grieve. the Holy Spirit. Yes. We grief is a feeling of hurt. Yes. We grieve the Holy Spirit when God is telling us to go left and we go right. Yeah. Listen, when, if, this me- if this message is, somebody said this message is a blessing. If it's blessing you, I'm we're asking you to share it. We ask you to share it, help us get the word out because we want people to know that God loves them, but that grace is not a license to keep on sinning. Grace is not a li- it's like it's like if you really love somebody, what you want to do, and everybody knows this, it's not that we don't understand yeah. this. When you love somebody, you want to do what pleases them. Absolutely. Even if you don't want to do it, that's true. You do it because you want to please them. That's true. Even when you don't want yesterday, you last week you had tried to get this spinach. Oh man, I wanted some so bad. And the place was closed. And then you had been in Atlanta all week Mm -hmm. helping the boys move in their apartment. And yesterday I was laying in the bed with the cover Cover, over me. The cover was over you. And you said, but you asked. You said you want something to eat. No, you asked me. Oh, I asked you. <laughs> you said because okay. I was going okay. yeah. for the day. Yeah, you said, I think I asked you what you, you said. Eat. What are you going to eat for the day? And I said, I think I'm done. And you said, I think I want some spinach dip. Now this is literally what happened because yeah. we got we got a kid with a car yeah. with a new car. I started to text her to say, "Go get dad." Some I was just going to have her surprise you. And the Holy Spirit said, don't send her, you go. You now, go. I didn't know why. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was an accident or whatever, mm-hmm. but this is me listening to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I get up out the bed. Baby, order this, this finished it. You say, do you want me to ride with you? I don't want to. You don't have to. Did I, guys, do y'all think I wanted to get up out the bed? <laughs> from under the cover. From under the cover <laughs> to drive and get this man some spinach dip. Did not. But my love for him propelled her. Come on, to get did. in that car. It did and drive across town. It did and give me that delicious. It's across town. It's, 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 it's across, across. town. <laughs> to get me that particular spinach dip I had been wanting for two weeks. And then this is the thing. 
First of all, y'all, he was eating it so hard. <laughs> he was eating it so hard. It was hard so good. That I he, was so hungry. That, that he was leaving. I said, you can't eat in our bed anymore. Oh, you ain't got to tell that part. Well, <laughs> no, because this is, no, no, this, this is when God, this is when God laps up the sacrifice. You know when, right? you know when something good, man, you just, you, you got to eat it with your hands. You ain't got time to be trying to be sophisticated. The, if I ever go again, he got to go to the table. He cannot eat it in our room. But when he got through, he said, mm. that hit the spot. Yeah. And I want to ask you this. Does your obedience say Ooh. to God, that that hit the, hit spot. the spot? That's the thing I was mm. looking for. That's the thing that satisfied mm. me. Yeah. Can God look at your life and go, man, Courtney, I am so proud of mm. you. That hit the that spot. That hit the spot. Does that, is that what God says about you? Mm. I want God to say about wow. me. Does your obedience see, see, to God see, you didn't know, so you didn't understand, describe. you didn't know where I was going with that, but look at that going. right there. Did, did, does that, can that. God yeah. say that about you? Every, that hit the that spot. Hit the spot. Vita, that hit the spot. That hit the spot, that daughter. Hit the spot. Trinika. That hit the spot. My goodness. I want God to say about me at the end of every day, that hit the, that spot. Hit the spot. I saw that you had those opportunities to go your own way and you didn't take them. That hit the spot. My goodness. That hit the spot. My goodness. We want to live a lifestyle for God that every day he says, that, that hit the spot. Mm. I see your heart that's for me. That's good. That's that's what he that's what Paul literally said to the Philippians. In in, in Philippians 127, that's really what he says to them. He says, no matter what's going on, no matter what happens, no matter what you do, he said, conduct yourselves or live your life in such a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. He says, live your life so at the end of the day, God can say to you, that, that hit the, the spot. spot. That hit the spot. That hit the spot. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. That hit the Listen, spot. Listen, does that resonate with y'all? Don't mm. that, I mean, see, because I don't want obedience to be this grievous, hard thing for you. Mm. I want you to be like, I'm going to say I no gotta, to I gotta them. Give, I got to give my own heart to Listen, I, I, I want you to say, I'm going to obey mm -hmm. you because I am, look, listen, yes. this reminds me. Yes. Okay. So when Elijah and the, and the, sir, mm. and the, and the, prophets of Baal mm -hmm. and they're they're like Elijah calls them out he calls out the children of Israel he says who are you gonna serve mm -hmm. stop the make bring our gods here and he says to them we're gonna call our whichever God brings us fire right that's the God we're gonna serve mm -hmm. and the prophets get out there and they cutting and they doing all of this stuff and Elijah's making fun of them but at the end the Bible says that Elijah built a sacrifice mm -hmm. he built a sacrifice and he poured out water. Mm. He poured out buckets of water. Mm -hmm. And the big thing about him pouring out buckets of water is that it was a famine. famine. It was a drought. In the middle of a drought. In the middle One of, of the a most drought. the severe they had ever seen. In the middle of a drought, Elijah takes, what was it, six buckets of water, big, six or seven big buckets drums of, water, of water, big drums of water. Fills the, and the, he the trench. Fills the trench. Yes. And the Bible says that the fire of God consumed the sacrifice mm -hmm. and licked, licked up, up the water. water. When, we, when we sacrifice and obey God, 
he licks it up. Can, can we take it a step further? Go ahead. Once the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice mm -hmm. and licked the water up, you read a chapter later, and the same water that came from that trench, God sends it back to him in abundance. In fact, the prophet tells his servant, he says, I want you to go out and look for a cloud. The man goes out and looks for a cloud. He comes back. He says, I don't see much. He says, go look again. He goes and he looks again. He comes back. He says, well, I don't see much. All I see is a cloud. About but, the, but size the size of a, of a man's, man's hand. Fist. He says, listen, you better get up. He said, because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He says, because the, the sacrifice that we gave to God, he's about to return it to us in a, in a measure we've never seen. And I am telling you that as believers, when we begin to live a lifestyle of obedience to God, he takes that obedience. You may think it ain't, you may think it's just not cussing somebody out today, but God will take that obedience. And then when you need favor on a job, he'll send a flash of favor your way. Why? Because he can take your obedience as a sacrifice and send it back to you in abundance. It's exactly what he did for Elijah. Man, I want y'all, do y'all see that? Listen, God could, I want y'all to mm. understand this. God could demand obedience. He could. He doesn't. Instead, he lets us offer it to him as a sacrifice mm -hmm. so that he can reward us for the yes. sacrifice. Man, do you understand how good our God is? Mm -hmm. He literally could force us to obey. Oh right God. now, he could make every one of us yes. bow down on our face and lay prostrate until we got. he got tired of us yep. being there. But he says, listen here, I have redeemed you. And if you will give me the sacrifice of yourself, mm -hmm. I will reward you with yes. obedience. Yes. I'm not asking you to obey to take something mm -hmm. from you. I'm asking you to, to obey give to give something to, and to, to you. to give you more than what you've given to me. He says, God, you, we, we say the song all the time, you can't be God's giving. That's not just material. That's just that's not in money. When you obey God in one area, the favor God returns to you is, is, is so much more than, than you could have ever gotten had you been disobedient to God. It's so, can, do y'all see that, man? Because literally, if you see that, we can do the, the four life, the four keys next week. Yeah, Listen, we can. Can, do you see that? That God is saying, listen here, Brenda. Listen here, Jamie. Listen here, Ralph. I could demand your obedience. I could. I could have forced you to obey. But instead, I freed you from sin, and then I gave you the power to obey. And when you obey, I reward you for exalting me above yourself. That's it. That's it. Come on. That's it right Who there. Who wouldn't want to serve it. a God like that? That's it. He says, I'm going to reward you. And, it, and as you were talking, I almost got a little teary out because it reminded me of when our marriage was in a bad state. Mm. And the Lord said to me, if you will obey me, yep. I will give you days of heaven, heaven on earth, earth in yep. your marriage. Yep. And at that time, the idea of being quiet when he told me to be quiet, that the idea of serving you when I really didn't even like you sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't understand how he was going to do it. And now we have been, it has been good so long that that sacrifice was such a small thing for how you, for how we live yeah. now. Yeah. 
You know, it's it's it was we were in Conway, I think, when the Lord told me he I was literally talking to him about you, and he said, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. Not in Conway when we had the church, right? No, no, no. When we were in that in you gotta tell him. Well, we, in, no, we, no, back yeah, in back okay. in like what 98, 99. Yeah. Um when 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 the well, Lord realized what a gift I was. When I didn't realize what a gift you were, can I finish my story? Yeah. <laughs> when the Lord said, when the Lord said to me, he, so says, he says, I want you to obey me in this area. And this is what he said. I don't care what Sean does. That now, made you mad. It, I cried. I cried. I was so mad because I was like, how can you tell me to do this no matter what she does? Because you know, I, I live with her, but I know you know she hard-headed. I know you know that, God. I know you know she got a big mouth and she going to hurt. <laughs> how you going to tell me to keep obeying you when she won't? And he said, if you want your marriage to work, you do what I tell you to do regardless of what she does. And I said, so you want me to be nice even if she being mean? He said, yes. I cried. <laughs> I did. I cried. I was like, this ain't fair. This ain't right. But you know what? My obedience to him helped to produce what we have today. Absolutely. Your obedience to him yes. helped to produce what we had today. And, and, and in everybody's life, you're going to have to get to that point where you trust God enough to obey God enough that you can live through whatever pain you may think that obedience is costing you so you can see the reward that he's going to give you. I got a question. Yep. <laughs> Did you just have tears or was it an ugly cry? Oh, it was it was in the pillow. I was <laughs> I was I was I was cuz I could hear your mouth. You know I could hear your mouth running. I was <laughs> I was mad. You know what though? Because because you, because fundamentally in your flesh even today you can't no, no, no. You cannot. No, no. So he asked you, because I want y'all to see this. That's the hard reason. thing. He asked you, he asked us for the thing we love yep. most. Yep. Because really, your God was tit for tat. A absolutely. Yeah. And he's still trying to create a throne every now and then. And I have to, I have to tear him down. <laughs> but when he told me, when he said, no matter what, and I was like, so you mean to tell me that the marriage ain't gonna work no other way? <laughs> he was like no other way it ain't gonna work no other way except that you do what I tell you to do concerning your wife no matter what she does I said no matter how no matter how she responds no matter how she responds I was punching that pillow <laughs> I was so mad but aren't you glad you obeyed God I'm so God. glad I'm so glad you are so glad you obeyed I'm so God glad. I'm so glad and I think it's important to understand because you know, the reason we try to be transparent, we're wrapping up now. You can go ahead and get ready to give your supernatural offering this morning. Amen. But the reason that we try to tell this part of the story is because everybody who walks with God is going to have to kill their flesh. There is no testimony without a test. You, 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 and the you test is not the, what the, the devil is no, doing to you. It's what you're going to crucify in order to live this new life you say you have. Yes. And that old life wants to come back to life. It wants, it wants to be resuscitated every day. Some, <laughs> somebody said you was punching that pillow like Trey on boys. And uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> no, but I think it's so important. I want you to understand that there are going to be moments where it really does seem like God is asking for your death, and He is. Yeah. I see because I don't want people to yeah. pre present this this cute little thing. Right. No. 
There are literally going to be moments where it's going to be like, are you trying to take everything from me? He's going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah I am. Because I'm trying to take all that mess because yeah. it's a mess and it needs to go. Yeah. And you need to know that. You need to know that it may be times where you are in love with somebody, ready to marry them. And yeah. the Lord say, that ain't yeah. it. You, it's the ideal job. It is everything that's on your list. Listen. And he says, that Listen. ain't it. Listen. It's the dream house. It's the dream city. It's the Lord. I remember this. But one of the best testimonies of our life is that someone had told a really big lie on us. Now, I am a very confrontational person. Like, you got something to say? Let's say it, right? And this person had told us we lie. grew up in the three-way call era. We grew up in the three-way call era. <laughs> if you thought somebody like some of y'all old enough to know that when you picked up the phone, it wasn't no some social media. Some of y'all don't know nothing about it. It wasn't no social call. media, but it was like somebody said, What? Who said what? Hold, Hold on, on a minute. Just a second. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna add them, but don't you say nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, and sir. So I um and this person was telling this lie all over this city. Mm -hmm. And people were calling us, mm -hmm. and the Lord would mm. not let me explain. He said, Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Y'all, this a is word. the truth. I was in the beauty shop one time. Somebody is talking about this lie, talking about me, but they don't know I'm me. Mm -hmm. I am sitting under the dryer crying. Because I want to wreck the whole beauty shop. Snatch the wig. I do. I want to <laughs> snatch everybody. And I remember at the time, there was a barber in there who kind of knew what was going on. And he pulled me outside and he said, I respect how you handling this. Mm. He said, you got me thinking about church differently because mm. of how you handle mm -hmm. this right here. Y'all, it was so hard. It would be years later yep. before God would clear our name. Yep. It would be years later. But he taught us something in that season. Yep. You don't always get to say something back. You don't always you don't get al to defend yourself. You don't always get to you defend don't. yourself. You don't always get to clap back. But can I tell you the way the Lord has rewarded oh, us? Oh, my goodness. The way the Lord has rewarded us. And some of you are at a decision point where the Lord is like, are you going to keep snapping back on your job? Are you going to keep snapping back on your husband? Are you going to keep on doing it your way? Are you going to keep on going back to Joe when I done told you yeah. Joe ain't it? Or are you going to let me, are you going to offer me a sacrifice that I can say, mm, that's good. Mm -hmm. That hit the spot. Mm -hmm. So listen, it's your opportunity to give today. Yes. But the first thing I want to offer you is an opportunity to give yourself give to the Lord. Give yourself to the Lord. Have you ever given yourself to the Lord? Your name may be on a roll. Right. You may go to church. You may even have been partnering with us. You, all you, the may be, you may serve in ministry in some capacity. But have you given yourself to the Lord? Have you given yourself to the Lord? I love what Caleb said. Caleb said, oh, obedience is a means a willingness mm -hmm. to disobey your mm -hmm. ego mm -hmm. and trust God. Mm -hmm. Yes. So get have you do you need to rededicate your life to the Lord? Do you need to accept Jesus as your savior for the first time, your Lord? Maybe he's been your savior but he's never been your Lord. And if you want to give your life to the Lord today or you want to come home, I just need you to put in the comments I'm coming home. Mm. I'm coming home today. There are some of you, listen, the Lord has shown me your faces. There mm. are some of you, it is it's not necessarily that you're out here doing what we would consider the big sins. It's that you're not living the life that God wants you to have because you're still trying to be in control. Of 
of some things. You're still doing things your own way. You're still operating in disobedience. And the Lord is saying, listen, somebody said, I'm home. Praise God. Amen. Listen, if Praise that's God. you, you need to Praise say, God. I'm home. I'm coming home. Amen. I'm not going to be out here. I'm coming home because I want we my life. We thank God for you. We, we thank, thank God, God for the person Amen. who just said, I am Amen. coming home. Yes. Yes. Come home, right? You want to rededicate your life. Now, you may be thinking, man, I want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions. And you should be. Yeah. And you should. Because this is a good church right here. This is a good church. Now, the great thing about our partnership is that you can be a partner here and still be a part of your local church. Or you could be a full partner here. Whatever the Lord is calling you to do, we with that, right? We just want you to get what you need. Because we have people who, this they don't live here, but this is their church. Yes. FOC is just as much their church as the person who lives down the street. Like This is their home. Like Don, who comes in to serve as a greeter <laughs> like right so listen um we want you to give your life to the lord we want you to come home we want you to become a partner if that's what the lord is telling you to do if you want to become a partner visit wwfocchurch.com and you got to tell us and then we'll add you to we have a virtual i mean a private facebook group where we try to keep our partners updated on things um and to help us grow together right and then we want to give you your opportunity to give mm -hmm. listen i hope after that teaching today that you like man the least i could do is give god my money at least obey him in that area today What's my money? i can start right now in that area I Lord, what do you want me right to give now. today and why is what do you want me to give to the scholarship what do you want me to give to the scholarship <laughs> now one of our confessions is that fellowship of champions is a hundred percent tied to mm -hmm. church that every single partner ties we honor god listen i want you and and i want i hope this makes sense when we're talking about hitting the spot when they were having that debate the other week about tithing or not tithing that's why pastor edwin and i say literally god could write in the sky right now he could say edwin and sean you ain't got a tie no more we'd be like no we good we good we good we win and, and i'm really serious I, I i told people this I don't care what you call. What I do know is that anytime you, the Bible says that wherever your treasure is, there yeah, will your heart be also. Money is my treasure. I ain't gonna lie. That's why I spend, that's why I exchange time for it. It's a treasure for me. I don't value it more than God, but let's be real. Money is a treasure. I am going to honor God with my money. Because I, I know that when I honor God with my money, it does two things. It helps to expand the kingdom and it keeps my heart attached to it. So I'm going to do it. Now, you can call it tithe. You can call it offering. You can call it grace giving. You can call it first fruit. I'm not going to argue with nobody about what you call it. What I know is that Edwin Strickland is going to always honor the Lord with more than 10%. With more than 10%. Absolutely. With more than 10%. And you can't beat God's giving. You cannot beat God's And another giving. thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to try to scare anybody into giving. If I got to scare you into giving, you don't have a relationship with the Lord. You don't. I need to get you to have a relationship with the Lord first. Because once you have a relationship, you don't mind giving. You'll be thinking of ways to, to, to bless and to honor God with your resources. Because you'll be thinking of ways to buy me stuff, I don't actually you? Do. you? do. I think of things that you would enjoy. I got something in my mind right now that before our hey, anniversary. Mm -hmm. Hey, mm -hmm. come through. Mm -hmm. Yes. You got to act right, though. <laughs> But, you, you, but if you act right, can I ask y'all? Will y'all do me a favor? Will y'all pray? Do y'all? I know trying, she goes like, do y'all pray for y'all fast? No, 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 no. Do y'all pray for me during the week? Do y'all ever pray for me? I, because I don't always feel like y'all praying for me. Do y'all pray for me? Because I live with this every day. Do y'all pray for me? 
Because I don't feel like y'all be praying for me. Can y'all pray for me? <laughs> All right. It's your opportunity to give. We believe something supernatural happens when Amen. you give. And we, we know the Fellowship of Champions is good ground. We're a blessing to so many people. We're going to be coming back talking to you in the next several of weeks about we want you to be have full buy-in and understanding of how our benevolence program makes mm-hmm. works. We now, we've had to put a whole team in place for the number of benevolence requests that we get. And we're going into a meeting to come up with that. We just got to do it a different way because so many people know our church as a giving church now, and that's because of you. Yep. So many people I know our church as a giving church, because, but that's because of you. But we've had to put some new things in place in order to um, make sure that we're just managing the money well and that we have a systematic way. So we're going to be sharing with that with you guys. And we could, yep. we're actually going to talk about it on a Sunday morning because we want you to have full buy-in to what's happening here because it's because of what you give that we're able to be a blessing to people, Amen. right? Now, yeah. you want to say something about that? No, no? Okay. no. We're good. Okay. So listen, we want you to come to all the services this week. Strategies for success is not actually a service, but if you're free, you're willing. I would love to for you to join me on Mondays Mondays. um, at noon central. I'm going to be teaching about, I don't know what this week, but it'll be good. (laughs) Then on Tuesday, we're going to have prayer. My favorite time of the week is when we have prayer. We pray at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Something supernatural happens when we pray. So many miracles. I was just thinking about this. I think two days ago, Tanya tagged me. Tanya McCoy tagged me and said that was the day Rod went to the the hospital. hospital. Literally, guys, you know that it was prayers across the world. That is the reason that Rod McCoy is alive today. Thank God for that. Something supernatural happens when we pray. On Wednesday, we have um, Ignite for our kids, our teens. Listen, Jordan got such a, there was last week, Santresa taught a message about honor and and. Jordan was talking to me about the message about mm. how important it is to honor your parents, mm. even if, and I love that what Santrisa said. She said, even if your parents make mistakes, they are still worthy of honor. Mm. I love that she taught them that. Man, some of you like, where do we sign these kids up for well, Fortnite? Some, some, you need to get your kids, that lesson. Right, that lesson right there. And then we have Victory Zone on demand. Get your babies in Victory Zone and so many teachers. I think the teacher right now is you got talent showing that all kids, all of us are created with gifts and talents. And then at 8 p.m., Pastor Ralph is teaching. He's been teaching on perseverance. You need perseverance. Everything we talked about today, you need perseverance to be able to walk it out, 8 p.m. Central. And then on Friday morning at 6.30 a.m., what happens? All of the champions gather for Champion Circle, where we have our second time of prayer. We'd love for you to be a part of that. If you haven't been, we want to challenge you to come and get up 6.30 a.m. We got people from the West Coast who get up at 4.30 a.m. in order to be at prayer. And so we just believe God for something supernatural to happen every time we pray. And then Sunday morning um, at 9 a.m., Pastor Kristen and Elder Valley, um, they lead praise and worship. And her praise and worship was so beautiful today. And um, listen, you should come and do that and then join us right back Sunday, 930. And we're going to finish up. We're going to be talking about the four keys of a a lifestyle of righteousness and several other benefits from Mm -hmm. righteousness. And then we're going to finish this righteousness series up and jump into something else because God wants us to grow. This is our season of great progress. This is the season that we prosper in every area. And let me tell you something. Your obedience becomes your ark of protection. If that. you will choose to obey God, your obedience, see, you don't need to build an ark like Noah did, 
but your obedience is your ark of protection. And when we obey God, it causes us to prosper in every season. Amen. Just want to remind everybody about our four commitments. We ask you not to miss a service. Remember, we ask you to come every service that you're available. Don't miss a service. We ask you to make sure that you're reading your word daily. I know people say, well, what's the big deal about reading the word? When you read the word, you find out all this stuff we're talking about. We're not here making this stuff up on a weekly basis. This is in the word of God, right? And then we also ask you to make sure that you spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. Next week, when we talk about the four ways of right, the four keys to living a lifestyle of righteousness, one of those things is making sure that you're praying in the Holy Spirit, making sure that you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, that you can pray in tongues. And then lastly, we make sure that you ask you to take communion as often as you can. You know, you're believing God for something, man, sit down with your family. Uh, take communion. You know, we're going to take communion next Sunday collectively. And one of the things we're going to be praying over is that this school year, none of the children attached to FOC or FOC friends and family will experience any kind of school shootings or anything like that. We want to pray for their complete safety, whether they're in kindergarten or they're a senior in college and everywhere in between and at their workplaces and everything. So we'll be taking communion to do that together. And so I just want to encourage everybody to make sure they're keeping up with those commitments. And since so many people hung on today, can you do a special prayer for them like we normally do at the end? Yes, Since I can. so many people yes, hung on to yes, the very end, yes, we're going to pray this prayer for you. Yes, I can. Listen, but I want to say this. Every and his wife, Amy, they've been partners for 90 days. Yep. And he said he said that he has grown more in 90 days than in 10 years. Praise God. And that is such a blessing. But one of the things I want to say that I think that Everett is a model of is just his hunger. And I want to shout out Courtney for the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. the hunger. Like Courtney literally will be sending me messages during the week about old messages she went back to look listen to because she wants to catch up and know every single thing that she that we can yeah. that we've taught it says if those you, that are hungry they would be fed if you hungry and thirsty you're gonna be fed yeah. all right let's see lord what do you want to decree come on over it's about 80 of them on here all right okay 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 i hear god all right all right oh i hear a strong word for favor okay strong word for favor the bible says that his favor shows will surround us like a shield so right now, in the name of Jesus, for those of you who hung on as covenant partners with us today, I release the favor of God to go before mm. you and to go behind you. Yes. I declare even right now that the favor of God is causing open doors. The favor of God is removing barriers. The favor of God is causing you to be promoted in spaces that people do not think you qualify Amen. for. The favor of God, the, favor the of God. supernatural favor of God is getting you a yes on that house. Yes. The supernatural favor of God, it's the house God said belongs mm. to you, not just any house you mm. want. The supernatural favor of God, the supernatural favor is giving you your yes. Giving you your yes. It is giving you your yes. Some There are people that you have been trying to get promotions and you are going to receive job off this here. Hear this word. Mm. You have been trying to get a promotion where you are, but your favor is in another location. Mm. Begin to look for another job because he is going to favor you. He has a set man or woman to favor you in that place. Everybody who's believing for a house. I don't care what the market is. Your house is out there. There is a family that is going to like your application, your mm. contract above mm. all others and favor mm. you. Yes. So if you are looking for a house, I need you as an act of your faith. Hear, hear what I'm about to say. Please hear me. Even if you're saying I'm not trying to buy a house till the end of the year, I need you to go look today. Mm. 
I need you to go look today. And I was just, I thank you, Lord. Here's a testimony. We live in a neighborhood now. We've now lived in that neighborhood almost 22, 22 years. years. 22 years. Before we moved into the house we move in, move, live in now, there was a house in a cul-de-sac yep. that was a thousand, thousand square feet smaller and a thousand and a hundred thousand dollars less. And at the time, we did not think we could ever afford to live in that house. We just didn't yep. see how we could do it. But the Lord instructed me. Every day when I took Taylor to school, he instructed me to drive in that neighborhood like I lived in that neighborhood. Yep. So I would drop her off from school and I would drive that cul-de-sac looking at that house, which at the time was for sale. I'll never forget. It was yep. $184,000. Yep. Yep. And it was a house we had walked through and we thought, man, if we could just get this house. Yep. One day as I'm driving out the neighborhood, there is a house that says for sale by owner. By owner yep. And it looks, I go, okay. So I call the lady. The lady lets me come see the house. When I get in the house, I realize that the house is built like a Georgia style house and it has a whole nother floor underneath it. And so that house is 4,000 square feet and it's $289,000. Now, guys, in the natural, we don't think there's any way in the world we can afford $180,000 house. So it's no way in the world that we can afford a $289,000 And that was, two, that was 20, almost 22 years ago. That was 20, it might as well have been a million dollars. It was 22 years ago, right? And that Lord, that woman favored me. Yeah, she did. She favored me. She did. Other people came to look at that house yeah. and she called me and she said, Bring your husband and your kids. Yeah. I said, babe, we got to go see this house. Babe was like, Sean. I said, no, babe, we got to go see this house. And she loved our family. And guys, this is what she said to me. She, she did. She said, we're going to get you in this house. Yep. You are the people that are supposed to have this house. She says, my brother, my brother. owns a mortgage yep. company in Texas. And he is going to get you in She said this he'll do whatever house. needs to be done to get you in this house. He will get you in this house. We go, we find out our credit is even better than we thought our credit <laughs> was after the first yeah. house, right? And we get in this house. We live and we move in this house that in the natural, we never should have afforded. But it started because I was willing to drive and search the land. Yeah. I was willing to call and go as far as my faith could take yeah. me. And when my faith could not take me any far, he raised up somebody to favor mm -hmm. me. And I declare that for everyone who needs breakthrough in housing, whether you need an automobile or you need a new job, that that same favor that's on Pastor Edwin and I is on you and it is going to bring you into your next. And that's what you get for staying mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. In fact, Amen. when you sow your seed today, you ought to put favor Amen. on it. Mm -hmm. When you sow your scholarship seed this week, you ought to put favor on it. And here's what I love. Kim said, I love this testimony. She said, it's what I stood on to get this house. It, so it ain't just our testimony. Kim it's got a Kim testimony. testimony. And it'll be your testimony and many other people. There are many other people we could bring on the live who are in the back of the studio who get the same kind of testimony about a job, about a house, a job and a house, uh, things given to them. Why? Because when you begin to obey God, what it does is it unlocks that supernatural favor that we were talking about. And I'm so glad you prayed for everybody on this broadcast to experience that supernatural favor as they obey God this week. Send us your favorite testimonies yep. this week because you're going to have, going to have them. Send us your Expect favorite them. testimonies. Expect And the don't favor be shy God. about them. Go to the groups, whichever group you, you communicate and have you watch this, and put it in there. We want to hear about it. All right. We love y'all. Okay. Have a great week. Oh, that's it. <laughs>